Welcome into another episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. And joining us now here on the program, Nick Fredericking, agricultural agronomist, is with us. Nick, good to catch up with you again. It's uh, It's been a little while. Happy New Year. Hope you're doing well. Doing pretty good, Jesse. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, you doing okay? I'm doing fantastic. Doing fantastic. A good start to the year so far. And I know uh, a lot of growers are going through their winter meeting season and that whole thing is kind of happening right now, getting some education, making some decisions for next year. So uh, a lot of things to think about. And I know there's a lot of things to think about when it comes to soybeans. We got different diseases we're fighting, et cetera. I know you conducted a replicated soybean architecture study to help guide farmers' seed selection decisions as we get into 2023. So just on the surface, can you break that down? What is that? What did you what did you do there to kind of help with uh, farmers' decisions going into the spring? Yeah, so we recognize that there's a lot of differences with soybeans today. We have different trait platforms, um, you know, Enlist Technology, Dicamba, Extend Flex, a lot of trait platforms out there. And then we have varieties that differ in agronomics, how well they handle stress and other diseases. But what I didn't recognize in the industry uh, to a large level was a study of soybean architecture. So essentially how well a soybean branches, where it loads pods, um, just the overall structure of that plant. So I, I did conduct a study this, uh, this past spring, this past 2022 growing season. And uh, we planted 10 varieties at two different populations, 80,000 plants per acre versus 160,000 plants per acre. And I think this is done you know, around the country, but really focuses on yield. I wanted to focus on the soybean architecture. So I wanted to see if I gave plants space, would they make use of it? If I bump population up, could they compensate and redirect energy uh, to potting on that main stem? So essentially just wanted to look at the different ways soybeans flexed um, in hopes that that would help place beans better into the management styles that fit those beans best. Very interesting. And that is a that is a take that I don't think we hear about is looking at the overall structure of that soybean plant. So so what were some of the biggest takeaways you found with the study, Nick? Yeah, so we were hoping when I went into this, I could categorize beans in different categories, but honestly had no idea what those categories would be. At the end of the study, um, I've kind of concluded that we have three different uh, soybean architectures within this study, right? Only 10 varieties. So Certainly not the entire agri-gold lineup, but um, recognize that some soybeans pod load on the main stem. So they're just stick figures, if you will, whether I'm at 80,000 or 160,000, these beans don't branch. They just want to continue to load pods and seed up on that main stem. Then we've got another soybean variety category, which would be if I give a soybean variety space, it will branch but on those branches, there's no fruiting structures. There's no pods. So essentially they've just become vines, trifoliates that stretch out, um, maybe grabbing sunlight, but they're not producing any yield. And then that third category would be, you know, a soybean plant at 80,000 will branch and provide fruiting structures and pods on those branches, making the best use of that vegetation. So, you know, when you get to that middle category where soybeans don't exist on those branches. It's just a bunch of branches. In my opinion, 
we may be pulling back from that beans potential because we're wasting energy on vegetation, building this vegetation, these branches that go out but never produce seeds. So any vegetation that these plants produce is requiring energy, nutrients, moisture. I just want to make the best use of that. So from that, I can start to place beans in the right management as far as population goes. You know, those soybean varieties that pod load on that main stem, they don't have any business being in low population zones. They really need to be maximized tight spacing, higher mid to higher populations, um, whereas the beans that want to branch and make a bunch of uh, beans on those laterals, maybe they have a little more potential pulling that population back and giving them space, allowing them to flex out. And then I think those beans that we found made branches, didn't necessarily make fruiting structures, those are falling somewhere in that sweet spot of 120 to 140,000. So in this first year, I guess the big findings are a lot of our soybean varieties today do fit, in my opinion, that 120 to 140,000 planting you know, population window, which is a broad thing for Southern Illinois. But I think we have identified some beans that we know confidently we can't place in those low population zones. And we have other beans we can confidently say we can't place those in the in the super high populations. Very fascinating stuff. A, a question that came to my mind too, and I, I wonder, did, did soil type, did weather conditions have any impact on how these plants either branched out or didn't branch out or, you know, set pods just on the main stem? Did, did soil type, weather, was that an impact at all, Nick? So I would love to be able to answer that. But unfortunately, this was in one testing location in 2022. I've got, I'm fortunate to have a little 12 acre testing block and, and this took up a majority of it. So uh, mm -hmm. very long strips, two different populations, 10 varieties, takes up a lot of space. Soil type within that 12 acres really doesn't change all that much. Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, I would love to see this over multiple planting dates and I didn't have that opportunity. So um, I guess, unfortunately, I can't conclude that there was any difference by soil type or environment this year. But we are looking to move this project um, further next year by opening up more testing sites, more planting dates, and uh, more environmental factors, if you will. Well, yeah, it sounds like we need to expand this uh, this research a little bit. Nick, uh, any other thoughts that come to your mind after looking at this uh, research and this study when it comes to making those ever important seed decisions on soybeans, especially as we get into this growing season? Yeah, you know, I think it's going to be important for us to go through our entire lineup and classify soybeans. Um, you know, I, I equate it to corn and it's maybe said too much, but, you know, we understand that corn ears flex in multiple ways, whether it's girth, length, kernel depth. Um, there's a lot of ways a corn ear can change based on environmental and management practices. I really think it's important to emphasize that soybeans have that same potential and going through an entire lineup, going through every bean that we have in our lineup will allow us to better place this on, on growers. So, um, you know, when, when growers are saying that we didn't get performance out of this bean, now we may have a little bit of background information to quantify why didn't this perform for you or why did this excel on your farm? Fantastic stuff, and I know if growers have any questions, they can reach out to their local agronomist or retailer or go online to agrigold.com. With that, Nick Frederick King with Agrigold, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, sir.
This has been American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, wishing you a great rest of your day. Thanks for joining us.